نیکسٹ آیا لاخم اللہ بلاغی فی ایمان اللہ ول ناٹ ٹیک یو ٹو اکاؤنٹ فار دا لہو وچ از ان یور اوتس ایمان از امین سو یور لہو اوتس یو ناٹ ریسپانسبل فار دم واٹ از اٹ مین بائی دس فرسٹ آف آل ریمبر دیٹ دیر تھری ٹائپس آف اوتس وین پیپل سی آئی سویئر بائی اللہ دس کین بی آف تھری ٹائپس دا فرسٹ ٹائپ آف اوتھ از لہو واٹ از لہو لہو مینس سم تھنگ دیٹس ایکسٹرا یو نو لائک اٹ ڈزن مین اینی تھنگ اٹس وین ٹاک یوز دا اسپیچ فار ایگزامپل وین یو ٹاک دیر آر سم ورڈس دیٹ یو یوز آئی مین دوز ورڈس آر میننگ لیس فار ایگزامپل آئی جسٹ سیڈ یو ڈونٹ رائٹ دیٹ ڈاؤن سم ٹائمس پیپل ہیو اے ہیبٹ آف سینگ رائٹ رائٹ اوکے اوکے لائک لائک thing okay um uh whatever whatever these words are lagu which is why when you write when you write an essay do you include such words you don't because they're unnecessary once or twice okay but repetition that's not acceptable so some people have a habit of swearing all the time let me tell you a funny story when my brother was about i think 8 years old eight or nine, something like that. So him and his friends in the street, okay, in the evening they used to play after school. So there was this boy in the street, he had a big dog, okay, a big dog. There was another boy that they used to play with and he was not a Muslim. So what happened, once this kid came with this huge dog and one of the kids in there amongst their friends was scared of the dog. So he went and he ran into the house and you know the... screen door so he was standing behind it and the non-muslim kid is telling him wallahi it won't bite you <laughs> right? it's going again wallahi it won't bite you wallahi I was listening like what's going on like why are these kids screaming and then I hear wallahi it won't bite you <laughs> why was he saying that because that's the expression that he was hearing from his muslim friends all the time these muslim kids were saying wallahi 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 on everything right say wallah say wallah say wallah some people have that habit right so here allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the law oaths that you make meaning the law oaths that you make out of habit without thinking without thinking you don't really mean it you just say it because you have a habit allah is not going to hold you responsible for them what does it mean for example You have a habit of saying wallahi all the time. So you say to your mom, she's calling you for dinner, you say wallahi I'll be there in two minutes. And then what happens? Two and a half minutes go by and you don't come down the stairs. Now do you have to give the kafara? No. Why? Because when you said wallahi, you didn't actually mean wallahi. I mean, you just said that out of habit. Exactly. We have to be careful. Don't misuse the name of Allah all the time. Right? So this is the first type of oath. The second type of oath is, as you can see, deliberate, which is mentioned here. وَلَكِنْ يُؤَخِذُكُمْ بِمَا كَسَبَتْ قُلُوبُكُمْ What your hearts earn, meaning what you say deliberately, what you mean, that is something that you're responsible for. So you have to give the kafara for that. وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ حَلِيمٌ And Allah is forgiving and forbearing. The third type of oath is false. Meaning a person knowingly takes a false oath. For example, he says, Wallahi, I bought this for $5. Whereas in reality, he bought it for $10. For example, 
He is deliberately taking an oath by Allah knowing that he is lying. And this is a major sin. It's not a minor sin, it's a major sin. Before we begin the next ayah, very quickly, remember the three types of oaths. When it comes to the lahu oath, the vain oath, the unintentional oath, remember what I said, there is no expiation for it, there is no kafara for it. Because the person didn't mean it, it was just accidental, slip of the tongue. For the deliberate oath, for the deliberate oath, there is a kafara. Alright? Meaning if a person finds a better option after having taken an oath, then he will break his oath and give the expiation. And remember that the expiation is to feed or clothe ten people in need. Okay? To feed or clothe ten people in need. Are you writing this down? To feed or clothe ten people in need. What kind of food, what kind of clothing average that you consume, average that you use? Okay, so for example, if on average your one meal costs $10, for example, then multiply that by $10, $100. But you can't just go give cash. It has to be for the purpose of feeding. You can, for example, get enough food that will make 10 meals, all right, and give that to the food bank or pay for 10 meal vouchers or something like that. That's fine. Or clothing, 10 pairs of clothes. Or... If that's not possible for a person, then freeing a slave, and of course that's not possible these days, so fast three days. Okay? Fasting three days. What about a false oath? What's the expiation for a false oath? There is no expiation for a false oath. The reason is that making a false oath is a major sin. It's a lie. A person didn't take an oath. He was lying. A big lie. For which there is serious punishment in the hereafter. So if a person did make this mistake that they took a false oath, knowingly, deliberately, then they have to do tawbah. They have to repent. They have to seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now continuing from the discussion on oaths, the Arabs, they had this thing known as ila'. Okay? Ila'. Ila'. is in the book, لِلَّذِينَ يُؤْلُونَ مِن نِسَائِهِمْ It's from the root letters Hamza Lam Wow. And it literally means to stay away from something. To abstain from something. Okay? To abstain from something, stay away from something. So ila would be that a man would take an oath, a husband would take an oath that he would never be intimate with his wife. He would never have relations with his wife. He would take an oath. A vow of sexual abstention. This was a way of, in a way, torturing a woman, controlling her, that she is married, yet she's not married. She's not treated kindly. She's deprived. Her marriage is starved of intimacy. So now what would happen is that a man would take this oath, I swear by Allah, I will never be intimate with you again. And now the wife is stuck. What should she do? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah, that لِلَّذِينَ يُؤْلُونَ مِن نِسَائِهِمْ For those people who vow abstinence from their wives, then... There is a limit for this abstinence. And what is that limit? Four months. Tarabbus, tarabbus is from the root letters Raba Sad, and Tarabbus is to wait for something. So they have to wait for Arba'ati Ashur, four months. Meaning the maximum they can abstain is how long? Four months. Fa'in fa'u, then if they return, fa'u, fa'ya hamza is the root, which is to retract. 
to go back. So if they return, meaning to their wife, they break their oath, they give the kafara, and they resume normal relations, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Then indeed Allah is forgiving and merciful. Alright, so a limit was set. And that limit was four months. وَإِنْ عَزَمُ الطَّلَاقَ And if they firmly resolve on divorce. Meaning a husband says, you know what, four months, I didn't miss her, so I'm done. Alright, I can't get along with her, we cannot stay together, so this is done. فَإِنْ عَزَمُ الطَّلَاقَ If they were determined upon divorce, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ Then indeed Allah is hearing and knowing. So what do we learn from this? That a marriage is not supposed to be starved of intimacy. Alright? And if a person takes an oath even that he's not going to be intimate with his wife, then there is a limit of four months. This cannot go on forever. And what this means is that within those four months, the man must break the oath, give the kafara, and resume normal relations. And if four months go by, and he does not break the oath, does not give the kafara, then he has to give divorce. Because it's not fair to the woman to be trapped in such a marriage. Now, we'll talk about divorce. When the husband initiates it, what happens? And when the wife initiates it, what happens? But yes, a wife can initiate divorce and a husband can also initiate divorce. Alright? Then inshallah we'll talk about that. Alright, in the next verse we'll talk about when a man initiates divorce. When a man divorces his wife. So for example, a man says to his wife, I divorce you. Alright? Or he sends the papers or he sends a text message. Alright? In whatever way he conveys that he is divorcing his wife. Then what happens? What's the next step? وَالْمُطَلَّقَاتُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and the mutallaqat, the women who are being divorced. Mutallaqat is the plural of mutallaqa. And mutallaqa is the woman whose husband has said the words of talaq to her. Okay? Now, talaq, before we continue, it's from the root letters talam qaf. Okay? And talaqa is to send forth, to release. So, marriage is a knot, it's a contract. And talaq is the ending of that contract. So وَالْمُطَلَّقَاتُ The woman whose husband has said talaq to her, what is she going to do? يَتَرَبَّصْنَ They have to wait بِأَنفُسِهِنَّ by themselves ثَلَاثَةَ قُرُوءٍ For three قُرُوءٍ قُرُوءٍ is the plural of the word قَرْءٍ قَافْرَ hamza, And قَرْءٍ means menstrual period. okay, Or it means the time of purity between two menstrual periods. So basically, if a husband says divorce to his wife, then she's going to wait for three menstrual cycles. Okay? Three menstrual cycles. Meaning, if a husband says, I divorce you to his wife on, let's say, May 30th, then May 31st, she cannot go and marry somebody else. You understand? She's going to wait for her first period, then her second period, then her third period. After her third period, then she's free to marry somebody else. You understand? Go ahead. Okay, the question is, does she have to wait at her husband's house? Ideally, yes. But, I mean, it doesn't happen, usually. Because there's either abuse or violence. Sometimes it's not safe for a woman to stay in that house. Or sometimes the two are just not on the same page. They're not getting along at all. So she's in her parents' house. Alright? But ideally, yes, she should be in the same house. Go ahead. 
Okay. The question is that what if the periods are irregular or she doesn't have her menstrual cycle anymore because of her age? Then there's different rulings and they're discussed in Surah Al-Talaq. Okay? Now here, the question is, why doesn't divorce just happen like that? If a husband says, Talaq, alright, why isn't it just over in that instant? There's a wait of three menstrual cycles. Why? There's a reason, two reasons, and I want you to make note of this. The first reason that's mentioned over here, the first reason that's mentioned over here is, that وَلَا يَحِلُّ لَهُنَّ أَن يَكْتُمْنَ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ فِي أَرْحَامِهِنْ It's not permissible for the women to conceal what Allah is creating in their wombs. Arham, plural of rahim. Meaning in these three menstrual cycles, it will become very clear if a woman is pregnant or not. Alright? Back in the day, or many women even today, don't have access to medical care. And it's not possible for them to get a pregnancy test done, to go get a blood test done, to go get an ultrasound done. So they have to wait for several months, several weeks, to find out if they're pregnant or not. So the first reason is to reveal pregnancy. Alright? To reveal pregnancy. Because if she is pregnant, then the idda is different. Alright? Then the rulings are slightly different. The second reason is, three menstrual cycles. This is something between two to three months, or maybe two to four months. Right? This is a long time. In which people get to really think about the decision that they have made. They have time to be sure that yes, this is something that I do want to go ahead with. Right? Because typically divorce happens in a very emotional state. Somebody was angry, they were hurt, and divorce. And then later on, they have regrets. Right? They have regrets. So with this weight, with this tarabbus, what happens is that people get time to really think over and be deliberate and conscious about their decision to divorce. Alright? So, وَلَا يَحِلُّ لَهُنَّ أَن يَكْتُمْنَ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ فِي أَرْحَامِهِنَّ إِن كُنَّ يُؤْمِنَّ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ If they believe in Allah and the last day. Because a woman might not tell the husband, for example, if a woman finds out that she's pregnant and she doesn't tell him, right? And then what happens? The marriage ends. And what happens then? She goes away with the child and the father never finds out about his child. Then there's other issues. One more thing now. During this waiting period, وَبُعُولَتُهُنَّ and their husbands. بُعُول is a plural of بَعْل. Okay, بَعْل means husband. Their husbands, أَحَقُّ بِرَدِّهِنَّ They are more rightful in regards to taking them back. فِي ذَلِكَ During that time. Meaning during this tarabbus of three menstrual cycles, the husband has the right to revoke the divorce, to cancel the divorce. Okay? So for example, he was really angry. He said talaq. After a week, he said, oh my God, what was I thinking? Bad idea, astaghfirullah. And he says, I'm sorry, you know, uh, forget about what I said, let's just move on. Does the husband have the right to cancel the divorce? Yes, the husband has been given the right to cancel the divorce. But there is a condition. In aradu islaha. If they intend reform. If they really want to make things work, then they should cancel the divorce. Don't cancel the divorce so that you can, after three months, repeat the whole episode again. And then after two months, another drama. And another one month, another drama. 
And the story is just repeating over and over and over again. No, if you want to cancel the divorce, cancel it responsibly. You should really want to make things work. And remember this. When it comes to a marriage, just like any other relationship, you have to have the willingness to make it work. You have to be willing to make it work. This is something that you must understand. Ask yourself, do I really want to make this marriage work? If I want to make this work, then I have to give it my 100%. I have to do whatever that I can. And that means that I have to maybe change my language, maybe change my habits, maybe start expecting less, maybe start giving more, etc., etc. But if you see that this marriage is not worth keeping because there is abuse or there is constant disrespect or people just don't get along at all, then the option of divorce is there. So in aradu islaha, go ahead. Okay, the question is that what if the wife doesn't want to? Like during this waiting period, this three menstrual cycles, during this time, what if the wife doesn't want to be back with him? Here, what do we see? The husband is a haqqu. The husband has been given more right. Why? Because he initiated the divorce. If she doesn't want to be with him, if she doesn't want to continue with that marriage, then she has to initiate the divorce, which we will learn about in the next few verses. You understand? This is where the husband says, I divorce you to his wife. Then the waiting period begins. Three menstrual cycles. In that time, he has the right to cancel the divorce. If he doesn't, and the third period begins, then the marriage is over. Go ahead. Okay, what if the relatives or the family members are forcing a husband to divorce? He should grow up and be a man, right? Uh, seriously, seriously. I mean, if you're getting married, you're not mama's baby anymore, okay? So Allah has made the man the qawwam, the one who is responsible over the family. And he cannot be responsible over the family if he's not manning up, if he's not being responsible, if he's not taking charge of his situation, and he's letting other people control his family. It's extremely irresponsible. Okay. So in Aradu Islaha. Now, وَلَهُنَّ مِثْلُ الَّذِي عَلَيْهِنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَلَهُنَّ and for the women, meaning women have, مِثْلُ the same as الَّذِي عَلَيْهِنَّ that which is due upon them بِالْمَعْرُوفِ in the recognized way. Meaning just as a wife in a marriage has some responsibilities, towards the husband, she also has rights. Okay? Or just as the husband has rights, he also has responsibilities. Marriage is not about one person being on the receiving end constantly. No. Both the husband and the wife have responsibilities and they have their rights. Alright? And look at the word mithlu, similar to but typically we think the husband has more rights and the wife doesn't. Or we go to the other side. A woman has more rights and the man doesn't. No, both have rights, both have responsibilities in a manner that is appropriate, in a manner that is recognized. And what does this mean? Look at Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu. You see this hadith in your book, page 37? Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said, I like to take care of my appearance for my wife just as I like for her to take care of her appearance for me. 
This is because وَلَهُنَّ مِثْلُ الَّذِي عَلَيْهِنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Typically, girls are taught that they should look after themselves and dress up, etc., etc., and the guy can just be in his pajamas all day with a stinky breath and, you know, messy hair and whatever. And the girl is supposed to be like, you know, a fashion model. Right? What does Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu say? I want my wife to look good for me and I take care of myself so that I also look good to my wife. This is how careful he was when it came to looks and appearances, equality. When it comes to looks and appearances also, he's thinking about equality there. Then what do you think about other things? Typically what happens in a marriage is that each person is out for their rights. Right? The woman is always thinking, what do I deserve? What's my right? What's my right? What's my right? Right? The husband also, this is my right. This is my right. You have to obey me. You have to listen to me. Because I'm the husband. Right? But we also have to pay attention to our obligations. Our duty towards the other person. Stop being selfish and start thinking of the family as a whole. What's in the best interest of the family? Not just what's in my best interest, but the whole family's best interest. So, وَلَهُنَّ مِثْلُ الَّذِي عَلَيْهِنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَلِلْرِّجَالِ عَلَيْهِنَّ دَرَجَةٍ And for the men, meaning the men have over them a degree. Rijal is a plural of rajul, and rajul is a man. And this is very interesting. Rijal is from the same root. What does rijal mean? Does anybody know? Foot. Okay, foot or leg. Now, rajul is supposed to be a person who can stand on his feet. What does that mean? He is responsible, independent, and can carry some load. Can help others, instead of being babied and being picked up by others. Alright? Anyway, so لِلْرِجَالِ عَلَيْهِنَّ daraja. What does it mean? That even though in marriage, the husband and wife are equal, they have equal rights and responsibilities, the husband has an extra degree over the wife. Alright? He has one daraja above the wife. And I'm not making this up, this is mentioned in the Quran. Okay? Why? You remember earlier we learned in our previous class that equality is good, that's how things are, but hierarchy is also needed. To make any organization Work, you need some structure. You need some hierarchy. So for example, at a workplace if you go, and everybody's of equal power, then what will happen? Who's going to listen to who? Nobody's going to listen to nobody. Everybody's going to be doing as they please. And what's going to happen to that place? It's going to turn into a mess. There's going to be disaster. So you need some structure, some hierarchy. Right? That where some people are given more control or more authority, more rights than others. Now in a marriage, the husband has been given one daraja over the women. This doesn't mean in everything, okay, that the husband has to be given the better piece of meat and the wife just takes the bones. No. It doesn't mean that, you know, when they go shopping and the husband goes to like, you know, the most fanciest stores and the wife is going to garage sales. No. You might find this funny, but it's actually a reality. This is a reality. Where people will treat their wives like this, as if they have no worth whatsoever. This daraja is of qiwama, where the husband has been made the qawwam. 
okay, over the family. Because the husband initiates the marriage, meaning he's giving the mahr, he is taking a woman as his wife in the name of Allah, and he's obligated to spend on her, to take care of her. And then when it comes to ending the marriage also, he is here exercising his right to end the marriage. All right? So this right Allah has given. Wallahu azizun hakim, and Allah is ever mighty and ever wise. What does this mean? That no matter where you stand in a hierarchy, remember that Allah is above you. He has more might than you have, more power than you have. Now we'll move on to the next lesson. We're talking about divorce. Okay, we spoke about their idda. Before we continue, okay, question. A wife should obey her husband, just as the husband should listen to his wife. And as we will see, that even at a time of divorce, the two are supposed to discuss things and mutually agree on things. You know, some people, when they have authority, they become like a dictator. Marriage is not supposed to be like that. It's not dictatorship. All right? It doesn't mean that the husband is always better than the wife or he is spiritually better. No. Both are equal in the sight of Allah and the one who is better is the one who is more God-fearing. And it may be the woman instead of the man. All right? But in some situations, I mean, you need somebody who's going to make the final decision on some matters. So here we see that the husband and wife, there's equality, but the man has been given one more level higher. Why? Because he has been made religiously responsible to provide for the family and take care of the family. If a woman does not work and does not bring money to the table, she's not sinful. But if a husband does not work and does not bring money, does not bring food, does not bring groceries, he is sinful. You know that? He's sinful. Unless the wife agrees that, okay, you stay at home and watch the kids and I'm going to go work and make money. That's different. So if the husband is made responsible to spend over the family then he should also have greater right over making major decisions. Inshallah, we will conclude here. If you have any question, you can give it in writing. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa